name is Melissa Meredith, your host for the Daily Wellness Podcast. If your day could use a dose of healthy living inspiration, you're in the right place. Call me a crunchy mom, health nerd, whatever. I'm just a normal mom trying to do what's best for her family, and I happen to love talking about all things health and wellness. Join me as we learn from like-minded people, change the health legacy of our families, and take our wellness to the next level. Welcome to the Daily Wellness Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Christopher Roberts. He has a fascinating story of being a conventional medicine doctor turned functional medicine doctor. He is one of the most curious people I know, and it makes him fantastic at what he does. He covers so much valuable content for us, including some of the top issues he sees in his practice, why those issues are prevalent, and some red flags to look out for in your own health. Before we begin, I want to give a quick shout out to a couple reviewers. Rev Seeley says, I love your candid talk and super helpful resources and suggestions. I have always tried to choose healthy for our family, but there are some ideas I had not tapped into yet, and you are helping me move forward more in health and wellness. Jack says, Melissa and Ryan do a great job of making the overwhelming thought of transitioning into a healthy lifestyle feel more manageable. Great first episode. I'll definitely be back for more. Our youngest has ADHD, and we are learning more about the effects of dyes in food, as well as other things like sugar and caffeine. Hopefully looking to be able to implement some tips to improve his and our lives. Thank you for doing this. It's truly our pleasure, Jack. Thank you to everyone for reviewing, rating, subscribing, and sharing this podcast. It means so much to us. Now, here is your dose of daily wellness. Dr. Roberts, thank you so much for joining me on the Daily Wellness Podcast. I'm very excited for everyone to get to know you. Happy to be here. Very happy. Could you introduce yourself to everyone listening, both personally and professionally? Yes. Um, my name is Dr. Christopher Howard Roberts. Uh, I'm a board-certified urogynecologist in town, but honestly, where my uh, passion now is in integrative medicine, I actually am uh, board-certified in that as well. Awesome. And what about personally? Tell us about your family. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. I've got a uh, lovely wife who I met when I was in my training program down in Galveston, Texas, my OBGYN training program there. Uh, we've been married now 30 years this last year. Uh, I have five children. I have uh, my, my three older ones. Uh, Blake was uh, born in Galveston in 94 when I was in my third year. My daughter, Ashley, uh, I have to tell you what year they were born because I can't remember what their ages are now, but uh, <laughs> she was, she was born in 96. Um, I have Matthew. Uh, he's my middle son. He's at, uh, currently in dental school. And then I, we adopted a couple of boys from South Korea at different times. Jack is my second to youngest and he's at the university of Missouri now. And my youngest is Caleb and Caleb will be, I'll give you a, a, an age on this one. He'll be 20 actually, uh, this June. That's awesome. We have an adopted um, kid in our family too. So I love that. Oh, very good. Yeah. It's been a blessing. Everybody, you know, tells you how uh, blessed the kids are, but we've, my wife and I, and certainly the rest of the family feel blessed to have them in our, in our lives. Yeah. So you were pursuing the medical field pretty early in life, right? Yes. Yes. What made you decide to do that? Yeah. My, my dad actually was, uh, was OBGYN. We moved to town when I was six years old. So I've actually been in Joplin uh, off and on for, well, I guess on now for a long time. Uh, I finished high school, always had kind of a, a, a leaning towards science. Uh, got my biology degree at the University of Missouri, Columbia, 
And then I, I just really felt like I wanted to go into medicine. So I, I started med school uh, and finished it at the university. Um, and then from there, uh, frankly, off to uh, Galveston, Texas. I always tell people that God sent me down there to meet my wife while I was getting my training. So, yeah, that's the best. That's awesome. So were you in it because that's what you saw your dad do and you were just interested that way or was there something about it? No, that's a great question. And honestly, probably, I mean, when I first went in, I thought I was going to do gynecologic oncology. Uh, I really wanted to kind of subspecialize in OBGYN. My dad did general gynecology and obstetrics and uh, I remember my mother, when I went to med school, she said, you have to promise me that you won't do obstetrics and do that to your wife and your family. So I listened to her and um, I, I came back into practice with my dad here, having finished an OBGYN residency. Um, and I really, frankly, practiced gynecology and urogynecology primarily that whole time. 2013, the American Board of OBGYN actually opened up a new subspecialty in urogynecology, and I I met the requirements. I I did the uh, oral and the written exam, passed it, and so became board certified in that. I think that's really cool that you started that and kind of had that commonality with your dad, and you probably had some great conversations about that. No, we didn't. We still do, and it, it was kind of neat too. And to be honest with you, I didn't see my dad a whole lot when I was growing up, and that was. That's the reason for my mother making me promise not to do obstetrics. But I got to spend about five years with my dad in practice when we moved to town in 1995. And that was a precious time for me. That's awesome. Could you thinking about where you started and how you imagined your medical career going? Would you have imagined that you would end up where you are now? No, I mean, it's it's truly a God thing. I, I tell people all the time, I for the first 21 years of my career, I was in the operating room, man, probably three, four days a week, just operating all the time and doing kind of that uh, gynecology or gynecology practice. But it was about, actually it was the year of the tornado, 2011, that um, we found a, an in-office-based treatment for incontinence that really was intriguing to me. And Again, to me, it, it was actually a treatment that was getting truly at the source of what caused urinary leakage issues. And I think this was God's way of, of starting to move me down the pathway to where I am today, which is you know wildly different than what I was trained to do. But honestly, I'm more fulfilled than I ever have been in medicine. Yeah, I what you're doing is amazing. I I would love to just talk about that switch for a minute because that could not have been easy. Um, no. You could have just done what you were doing and stayed with that for the rest of your career and been, you know, very successful, but you really felt that pull to switch. So I just really admire that you kind of followed that leading and um, did what you're doing now. I kind of want to just pick your brain a little bit when you made that switch, like what all was going on? You mentioned that, that finding that one treatment and that kind of opening your eyes to, you know, a more functional medicine approach. Was there other things going on that were making you curious about functional medicine? No, it's really true. And it's interesting because, um, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy was starting to become kind of a big thing. And I had a, uh, uh, PA that was working with me and he was kind of my person who is the sort of resident expert on that. He was leaving to go to the mission field, though. And so 
I frankly felt like, well, if I'm going to take this over, I don't want to just sort of do it with, you know, what I learned from my uh, residency. And so I went to a, a weekend course with a plan to do a full certification program on uh, hormone therapy. So it was, it was bioidentical estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, uh, DHEA, et cetera, but it was even thyroid and again, some of the, and cortisol and some of the other hormones. I've got to tell you though, I went to this weekend course and this was my aha moment. I learned more in a weekend course about hormones and what they did than I learned in four years of residency. Wow. And, that, and frankly, that's all it took. I actually called uh, A4M and that's what, that's who I sort of did my fellowship through. I called them and said, Hey, I want to switch from the endocrinology uh, or the hormone certification to the full fellowship. And so two and a half years later, and that was about a little over four years ago, I'm now board certified in that. Wow. That's amazing. I, it's so interesting that that was hormone related because at yeah. the season of my life, I feel like that's something I'm trying to learn a lot about as, you know, I myself change and I'm learning uh, about what's happening to me, but also my friends that are having issues and asking questions. And so it's just very interesting. So I feel like they need a course for like the common person that I could go to. <laughs> well, and it, it is interesting. And we're actually working on that now. We're going to start uh, some workshops this year. Uh, and our first one is going to be on bioidentical hormones. And my hope in the future is to kind of create workshops where we can pick subjects like gut health or cardiovascular disease or, you know, fibromyalgia, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and really go deep, give kind of a short, um, you know, here's what it's all about. And, and honestly, I hate to say this, but a little deeper than what we do in traditional medicine, really dig into the what's going on, but then just have an, a question and answer session with people. Cause I, you're right. I think patients are getting much more inquisitive about their health because they see that the current system is not really supporting them well. Yeah. You, I mean, it makes you ask questions when you don't feel well. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that is a fantastic idea. I would fully support that and encourage that. I know so many people that would be interested. So I'm really excited to hear that you're doing that. We're kind of throwing around a couple of terms that I want to kind of, I guess, define for, for the listeners in case they are like, what are we talking about? And sure. you talk about this on your website as well, which I'm going to put a link to in the show notes, but so people can go and, and read more about you and, and your background and stuff if they want to. But we we're talking about kind of making the switch from conventional medicine to functional medicine. Can you tell yes. us what the difference between those is? Well, conventional medicine is, is really kind of a, uh, what I call recipe medicine, and it's a subspecialty medicine. I mean, we, we still have our internal medicine specialists. We still have our, you know, primary care providers, the PCPs. But when you get into, you know, different uh, organ systems, you then have to go to a specialist uh, who, quotes knows more about that system. The problem is all, all of it you know, being on this other side of the fence, all of it is really just recipe medicine. And I can certainly say that in obstetrics and gynecology, it is a, oh, if you have this, this is what you do first. And then if that doesn't work, this is what you add. Uh, and it really doesn't get to a personalization. And I think that if we look at functional medicine, it is looking at how does the body function 
And how do we help people to support getting that function back to normal? Yeah, that's great. That's a really great description. Um, I I kind of wonder, in your opinion, what would be the difference between a conventional medicine doctor visit and a functional medicine doctor visit? We probably mm-hmm. all know what the conventional medicine yeah. doctor visit looks like, but like if someone has never been to a functional medicine doctor, what does that appointment look like in comparison to what they might be used to? That's a great question because again, the I think the average uh, nationwide average time spent uh, by a patient with their practitioner is seven minutes. And I'm sorry, but you can't learn anything about your patient in seven minutes, especially if, and I again, I hate to say it this way, but if you already walk in the door with kind of a preconceived idea of what you want to do before you even interview the patient. So what I do, um, and again, it, it makes me see not very many people in a day, but I can delve much deeper into each patient. My first visit's an hour long. And, and even with the follow-up visits, I oftentimes, I'm notoriously, you know, the nurses are knocking on the door telling me to hurry up and get out. But it's, again, you can't tease out problems in people in a seven-minute period of time. And, and so it really is listening to patients. I, I find myself, I probably still talk too much, but I find myself listening to patients and specifically listening to their symptoms. What I've really learned in integrative medicine or functional medicine is that if you follow the symptom trail, and yes, you have to get some lab studies too, but oftentimes that tells you exactly where you need to go to treat. Yeah, that's so true. And that is such a felt need. I know you mentioned this on your website as well, that patients come to you feeling very frustrated because they do not feel like they were listened to. They do not feel like the source of their problems is being addressed. Would you still say that's pretty true for you in your practice? I I really think that's the case. And again, it's the thing I have to even kind of catch myself because you got to remember, I was again, 21 years, I did uh, sort of conventional medicine. I really try to make myself um, step back and more and more, I'm just saying, okay, well, I'll just tell you, if I have a patient who comes in as a new patient, I say, look, I'm not going to ask you anything. I want you to just lay out for me why you're here today. And, and if you just listen, it's amazing how they, through their story, will tell you exactly what you need to know. Yeah. Okay. So what are some of the top health issues that you see in your practice? Oh, that's a great question. I see a, a, a smattering. Again, you would laugh because I'm, I'm so subspecialized, supposedly, as a urogynecologist, but I see a lot of GI health. Um, there are so many people that are misdiagnosed uh, or, or not diagnosed with uh, gut health disorders, a lot of which are due to gut dysbiosis or abnormal uh, bacteria, yeast, et cetera, in the gut. I see a lot of autoimmune disease, um, thyroid in particular, and obviously hormones. And I do still see some patients for incontinence, although I don't operate anymore. It's, it's all in office space. Chronic fatigue is a big issue. I love cardiovascular health. If you look at the number one killer for men and for women, it's cardiovascular disease and stroke. And we have so much more in simple lab testing that we can do that they don't teach us in conventional medicine how to do, where you can look at somebody. I just had somebody the other day that had a high marker in something that said that he, you know, is not on the verge of a heart attack, but he was starting to activate or inflame plaque in his blood vessel. This guy's 40 years old. 
Wow. And so trying to, to take those markers and before somebody has a heart attack, do something to address that. Because the reality is 40 plus percent of people don't survive their first heart attack. That's a big deal. So that's that's a kind of an area. It's, it's again, totally unrelated to what I was trained in, but I love the uh, lipidology and the cardiovascular side. Probably the last one that I see a lot of is mold toxicity. There just are a lot of people and, and, you know, the environment is just set up for this where people will have not mold living in them, but mold toxins that they have in them. And it's devastating for people. Wow. That's really interesting. Thank you for sharing all that. I, I have heard about a lot of these issues, so it, does, it doesn't surprise me that these are some of the things that you are seeing. Um, one of my questions that I thought you might have some insight into would be, why? Why are we seeing <laughs> these particular issues? Do you think there are certain things about the American lifestyle or you know our way of living that is really contributing to some of these specific things that you mentioned? No, I, I love the question. And again, this is why your blog site is going to be so good. We have to eat better in this country. Uh, we have to exercise. And the different stages of life, you had mentioned that, again, you're not at that sort of postmenopausal state. You have to take people where they are. And again, you have to do things. The investment in your body today by what you put in it and what you do with it is going to be reaped 20, 30 years from now. So if you put garbage in, well, no wonder I'm, I'm struggling with four or five diseases for which I'm on 10 different medications. Right. And so the food, I, I honestly am, am embarrassed that the food industry is allowed by the regulatory agencies to feed us some of the contaminated stuff that they feed us. Um, and, and frankly, addict us, get us addicted to it. And that's just one aspect of it. The other side is that, again, with our busy lifestyles, we sort of throw exercise out the window and we can't do that. Movement is key. Yeah, I agree. It's infuriating what companies are allowed to do in our country, no. in our in our food industry. And I, I hope that there's change in that in the future. But at some point, we as consumers have to take responsibility for our own health and have to take responsibility to get educated. And we can't just trust totally what people are putting on the shelf. We have to take that upon ourselves. And honestly, I think for me, seeing a functional medicine doctor after having seen, you know, conventional medicine doctors, my whole life was very eye-opening for some of the reasons that you mentioned. And it was, it was one of the ways that I started to take control of my own health. Um, I, I went to the, the functional medicine doctor I've been to you and I've been to one other before I met you and I felt very listened to. I've never been asked so many questions in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and also just the, the blood work that was done. Um, right. I had never had some of that blood work done and it was very eye opening and just really gave us a clear direction for treatment. And I love that. So I, and if, if I just want to encourage people, if they are experiencing some of these these issues that you mentioned, like the gut health issues, the autoimmune issues, thyroid fatigue, cardiovascular mold toxicity. Um, even if they're, you know, having trouble with their weight, there's, there's underlying issues that could be there with that. I mean, I just want to encourage people to really 
to find a practitioner that will really listen to you because there are great ones out there like Dr. Roberts and, um, and we really want you to be, to be healthy and living your best life. So that's been my experience and my testimony. And so I just wanted to encourage people in that. And I'm kind of curious as you have made this big career shift from conventional medicine to functional medicine, how has that impacted your own personal life and your own health? Like, did you start doing things differently as you started to learn about some of this? That's so funny. And again, yeah, I mean, again, when you start seeing the science and and that's the other side of it too, I tell people that I practice much more science-based or evidence-based medicine now than I ever did. Um, Again, with the recipe medicine that I had through my training, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm 58 years old and I'm taking a lot of what I'm learning and, and applying it to my health. And I've got to tell you that uh, I feel, I was telling a patient this yesterday, actually multiple patients, because they, they asked me, I wake up refreshed every morning now. I didn't have that before. And it's, it's really to your point. And I love what you said too about kind of the diet side and, and doing your due diligence to find out again, what you're, what you're eating, because food is so toxic to us. And that toxicity drags you down. That's what causes in a lot of people, the brain fog, the fatigue, etc. Yeah, I agree. Those addictive foods. It is, it is. Again, everything they they push is sugar based because sugar addicts you. And interestingly, sugar intake of sugar increases your production naturally of serotonin, which is your happy hormone. And that's why when you show up, and I don't want to throw any of the restaurants under the bus, but when you show up at a restaurant and they give you a, a whole plate full of rolls, they're doing that. Yeah. Because as you eat those rolls, you are just going to get the little eight ounce steak and you now want the T-bone and they know that in marketing and they're using that to manipulate us. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, they've they've done the research. <laughs> sure, sure. No, and it's not to our betterment. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And that's another important lesson I've learned in my own health journey is to, to find the companies, the restaurants, the businesses that you can trust, you know, that do have your best interest in mind. Um, They do exist. They're, they're not as prevalent, but they're out there. I agree. I agree. I was reading something the other day that was really enlightening to me. It was talking about how people kind of ignore some of the beginning symptoms of illness or disease, um, and just think it's a normal thing or something that's going to pass, or it's not a big deal. And I thought that might be interesting to talk with you about for a minute. What do you think are some of the red flag symptoms that people should look for in their health, you know, that maybe they shouldn't ignore? Because I mean, we talk about having an autoimmune disease. Well, by the time they get to you with an autoimmune disease, they've already had symptom upon symptom upon symptom that maybe they didn't, you know, recognize as a big problem, but it, it ended up being a big problem because it wasn't addressed early on. Um, is it, does anything come to mind? No, honestly, it's several things. I mean, uh, again, any source of, of inflammation that you feel. So if I have joint pain, if I have muscle pain, uh, brain fog, again, back to that. If yeah. you have yeah. brain fog, if you have anxiety, if you have depressed mood, those are the, the depression and the anxiety are rarely due to neurotransmitter issues. They're really inflammation in the brain. And if you've got a level of inflammation in your body that is now impacting your brain, it is a, a big problem. 
because our body is going to want to protect that sort of uh, hub of, of control of the body, which is the brain. And so those symptoms really need to be addressed. Again, patients who have, you know, they'll go in and they'll find out that their blood pressure is elevated. Oh, well, you know, it's not that high. I, I know no people that are higher. That's an indicator. That's, that's a vascular in, indicator of inflammation. That's so you know, good. Fatigue, fatigue. Again, uh, there has to be a reason for that. And people, you know, need to not think, and I, I hear this so much. I, uh, patients will come into me, you know, they're in their fifties or they're in their sixties and they say, Oh, well, I'm just getting older. Traditional medicine has taught us that, Oh, you can just expect that these things are going to happen as you get older. No, you don't. You don't expect anything. I mean, God designed our bodies to self-heal. I find that my job is to try to help patients to find out what is the impediment to the body's ability to self-heal and find it. So it's either it's either a deficiency or an excess. We'll address that. And again, as I said, I'm 58 years old and I feel better than I did 10 years ago. I can tell you that. Yeah. That's so good. I, I really wish I could just get this whole interview in front of every single person on the planet, because that's, I mean, that's life-changing information there. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Like that is literally life-changing. If someone will, you know, take an inventory of their bodies and their symptoms and how they're feeling and their moods and do, and start asking questions, you know, and, and honestly, and this is really what drives me. I have a passion for this now, and it's and I, I mean this sincerely. This is a God-driven uh, passion uh, to learn more. I'm in the midst now, and I, I just I get so excited about this one. I'm in the midst of a uh, study program on the immune system. I mean, how timely is it to talk about how we can look at the immune system and do something to address it? There are lots of things that we can do, but people like me need to understand what the science is telling us about what, how do the, how does the immune system work? How does it, how does it show up with symptoms? Again, inflammation being a part of that. And I think this is going to allow me to kind of go even to a next level of treating folks um, just by finishing this. It's, it's a 22 modules, excuse me, 22 module series. So I'm going to be busy studying for a while, but again, this is, I, I just, I, I have an insatiable appetite to, to learn more. Yeah, I can tell that really is one of the things I admire about you most is your curiosity. I think that is just a really amazing trait that you have and makes you a great doctor. Um, so I really appreciate that about you. Um, as we, as we kind of finish up here um, in the, in the world of health, you know, I think people kind of define health differently. Um, what is health? look like for you? I mean, in your life, or if someone walks in and you would say that person is not healthy or they are healthy, like what's the the measurement or definition there? That's a great question. And that's the thing that I have learned even from when I was in medical school. So I do think that, that we're sort of trained to be very observant as physicians. And so you can walk into a room and see a patient. First of all, how are they sitting? Um, you know, what does their what, what does their, their skin turgor look like? What does their facial expression look like? How are they sitting in the chair? Are they stooped? Are they sitting up tall? Um, again, it's, it's all, of, all of these things that we look at. To, to me, health, though, an answer to your question is, if I can do at 78 and 88 what I'm doing at 58, then to me, that's health. Yeah. The, rea- 
Right. Yeah, the reality is the second law of thermodynamics says everything heads towards entropy. So the reality is we are not going to get better. Honestly, by about age 35, that's when we sort of peak uh, when it comes to our moving in a positive direction. I know that's depressing for a lot of people. <laughs> but what you can do is instead of having a rapid decline, if you can make that decline as gradual as possible and then, you know, hopefully 95 plus years old, you're still doing a lot of the same stuff that you were doing in your 60s and 70s. And then God takes you home. I mean, to me, that's health. Yeah, that's so good. I I think that's really important. The this that whole long term perspective, um, you know, thinking of that as your motivation for health. Um, you know, a lot of people think of health as like, how much do I weigh or what size clothes right. do I wear? And, you know, that was me like in my early adult years, I, I really didn't know much better. I just thought if I look healthy on the outside, then I'm healthy, but you can be, you know, thin sure. and very thick. Um, so I've learned to think more long-term um, and think about, you know, how is my, how's my health affecting the purpose that I was created for? How is my health affecting my quality of life? And, and thinking more holistically and long-term. So I really, really like that. Um, can I ask you three questions to finish up? Sure, sure. Okay. For the, everyone listening, what is one resource that you would recommend to them to learn more about healthy living? Gosh, that's that was hard. Um, it, de- it depends on, on what you're looking for. There are several that I like. Uh, Dr. Gundry has a lot of good books. Uh, plant paradox is one that most people know about and it's it really if anything it sort of opens your eyes to this idea of of kind of a, a more depth or integrative approach i don't think there's any one big resource though for this and and it's because it's too big yeah um, you know ben greenfield's got a nice uh book uh out that uh, and i always forget the title of it um you know, in the area of toxicity, Neil Nathan has a fantastic book called Toxic that talks about mold toxicity, uh, but also Lyme and some of the other uh, co-infections associated with that. But yeah, this is a field where you don't have a textbook and see, that's that's almost good because you wouldn't be able to fit all that into one book. Yeah, that's true. Thanks. I'm going to I'm going to check some of that out. Um, <laughs> next question is, what is your favorite healthy snack? Yeah, that's a great question. I will say that I'm I'm getting much better at that. I, I really like uh, raw vegetables, and and if, if truth be told, carrots have always sort of been my little uh, go-to. Um, you and I, my son Judah would get along really well. Then. Yeah. <laughs> no, there are lots of things. It, it's interesting. The bad thing is I love apples, but uh, I actually have a food sensitivity to apples now that I've developed, and so. I'm so hoping carrots that, it is. Uh, carrot, carrots it is. I hope God takes the other one away from me so I can get back to apple. Yes. Oh, and then last question, who would you like to see as a guest on the daily wellness podcast? There's, there's a, a Dr. Charlin that's over in Ozark, I think, who does functional neurology, uh, deals with some patients with, uh, Parkinson's, um, yeah, MS, ALS, that kind of thing. And again, a functional medicine approach. He might be somebody to consider. Honestly, this is probably a horrible, shameless plug, but my son, uh, the dentist, is actually, I've kind of convinced him, I think he's starting to do integrative dentistry. And that's a really necessary 
uh, component to health in our area too. It so, definitely is very needed. I mean, you know, those are probably the ones close. There's no, that's great. I, I love I these. Could, I could give you, I could give you the list of, you know, Jill Carnahan would be great to do. Uh, you know, somebody like uh, uh, Ben Greenfield uh, would be great to talk to those kind of people. I know it's going to be so exciting. I can't wait to get some of these people on and keep learning more, but thank you so much for your time. You, what you're doing is really incredible. It's so needed in our area. And I know that you're really impacting a lot of lives. So thank you so much. Well, listen, with all humility, this is not me. I just feel like I'm doing kind of what God has called me to do. And uh, if if anybody, I always tell my patients, if you get better, you're not going to thank me. You're going to thank the good Lord for his uh, guidance. Thanks for listening to today's episode on the Daily Wellness Podcast. We hope that you found it helpful for your own wellness journey. And if so, we'd love for you to leave a review. Then come back and listen for review shout outs on upcoming episodes. For more information, check out the show notes and connect with us on our website, dailywellnesscommunity.com.